Hello and welcome to episode 258 of the UK True Crime Podcast. I'm Adam. Thank you for joining me today for this story from North West London, where we examine the case of a young sex worker who was killed in a brutal attack in her own home. But before we start, as always, a huge thank you to all my supporters at Patreon, especially the new members of this most exclusive club. That is Amber Sampson and Peter Davenport. Thank you so much and enjoy the two bonus episodes this month. If you want to join the fun, and why wouldn't you, just head to patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. This podcast is sponsored by Babbel. Do you wish you had learned a second language? Maybe Spanish for the trips to Spain or South America? Or French so you could relax and chat with the friendly locals during those long lunches? But like for me, language learning maybe wasn't fun for you at school either. Now thanks to Babbel, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be travelling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian and German. And Babbel's 15-minute lessons for me make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go, as we can all just about find the time for this in our day. Babbel has recently launched their own learning podcasts, so you can brush up on your Spanish or French while cooking, exercising, or like me when walking the dog, or driving. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, Babbel is offering my listeners six months free with a purchase of a six-month subscription with the promo code TRUECRIME in one word. Go to uk.babbel.com forward slash play and use promo code TRUECRIME for an extra six months free. That's uk.babbel.com forward slash play promo code TRUECRIME or one word. Okay, let's set some context with our guest a month and year game. The UK number one was Fight for This Love by Cheryl. (laughs) I love the one name, don't you? Maybe I should be known as Classy. In the US, the top spot was the Black Eyed Peas with Meet Me Halfway. And in Australia, it was friend of the show, the Buble with Crazy Love. A little clue here, as Buble was in the charts, Christmas couldn't be far away. In the news this month, there was flooding in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, as a powerful storm brought three years' worth of rain in four hours, killing over 150 people and sweeping away thousands of cars. The weather was really bad in the UK too, with many towns and villages in Cumbria and Dumfries and Galloway flooded following several days of heavy rain. Three bridges collapsed, with one of them leading to the death of police officer Bill Barker who was standing on a bridge in Workington in Cumbria when it collapsed. He'd been bravely keeping people away from that bridge. This month saw Granada Television begin the process of digital switchover, remember that? And five British soldiers were shot dead in Afghanistan's Helmand province while mentoring and training Afghan police. Six other British servicemen and two Afghan police were also injured in the attack, which the UK military blamed on a rogue policeman. Did you guess the month and year? It was November 2009. 
Today's story is from Kentish Town. Just four miles northwest of central London, it's an affluent area where many of the great and the good choose to live. In December 2014, the Victorian toilets on the corner of Highgate Road and Fortress Road were transformed into what is now a popular cocktail bar. Ladies and gentlemen, it's called. Maybe that's our next event venue. Maybe that's a venue for our next event. So let's get on with today's story. The clock had ticked well past midnight. It had been almost two hours. And Lyndon Samuels was starting to get worried about his younger sister, 29-year-old Destiny Lauren. The customer who had turned up to spend time with his sister Destiny at her flat in Kentish Town had made him feel a little uneasy, having what he would later describe as a bad-looking face. When Destiny told him she wanted some space, he headed to the off-licence at the bottom of the road where he bought some lagers and sat in the garden drinking them. He knew the arrangements when she had customers to entertain. But now his concern continued to grow and he decided to head back into the flat to check that all was okay. When he did go back inside in the early hours of November the 5th, what he saw is something that will be imprinted on his mind forever. He later described the sight that greeted him. I saw Destiny lying on the bed. She was naked. She had something on her arm. I phoned my brother and I phoned the ambulance. I wish I ran outside to see who'd done it, but the man on the phone was saying lie on the floor, see if she's still breathing. Destiny had been tied up with stockings and was wearing just a cardigan. He could see that she'd been badly beaten. The police and ambulance arrived at just before 1am. Destiny was rushed to the Royal Free Hospital in Hampstead, but pronounced dead shortly after her arrival. Destiny Lauren was just 29 when she died. Paying tribute to his sister, her other brother Julian said, she was liked by everyone who met her. She was really easygoing. If she wanted to do something, she would do it. And she loved travelling. We were planning to go on holiday together next year. When she died, the media predictably focused on the fact that Destiny was born Justin Samuels and was involved with sex work, advertising her services in phone boxes and on the internet as a very well-endowed pre-op transsexual. Talking about these points, Julian said, She was very effeminate from a young age, and so her transition didn't come as a shock. We agreed with it and were happy with it. At first we didn't agree with her work, but we are family and we came to terms with it. There are so many people in London doing this type of work. Ultimately, she wanted to make as much money as she could, leave the trade, find a man and settle down. She didn't like doing what she did. She only did it for the money. And this wasn't the only tragedy that the family had suffered. Destiny's uncle, Paul Hill, had wrongly served 15 years in jail for two IRA pub bombings in 1975. Then in November 2005, Destiny's mum Elizabeth killed herself outside the Leighton Crescent flat where Destiny had herself been murdered. Her brother Julian added, This murder has wrecked my whole family. My mother committed suicide five years ago, so to lose another family member is devastating. I want justice for me and my family, 
and for the horrific crime against my sister Destiny. And as Julian was speaking, detectives were already flat out trying to find the person responsible for killing her. And very soon they had a good idea just who that man was. It was Leon File, age 22, from Catford in South East London. CCTV had showed him arriving at Destiny's flat, putting on a pair of black gloves before he entered the flat, just before she was killed. Leon had paid Destiny £150 before having sex with her, and after this he'd strangled her with her stockings. File stole Destiny's handbag which contained £350, along with her designer jewellery and her mobile phone. But he wasn't thorough, and when he left the flat, he'd forgotten to retrieve his coat which was hanging from a hook on the bedroom door. After the murder, File immediately caught the number 214 bus, just a couple of miles further into London, King's Cross, where he then paid £250 for sex with two sex workers at a brothel in Gray's Inn Road. Detectives studied the CCTV footage taken from the bus, which showed a very calm-looking file looking at Destiny's jewellery while he still wore a glove on his right hand. Police swooped on an address in Catford to arrest file, and there they found Destiny's mobile phone. Further testing at the scene found DNA from his saliva on Destiny's breast. With this catalogue of evidence, it was clear that they had their man. But just why had he chosen to end the life of a complete stranger like Destiny in the early hours of that November morning? Was the motive purely robbery? Or was the motivation for murder more in-depth and maybe a hate crime based on Destiny being a transsexual? Fowle wasn't saying. He was still claiming that he was innocent of killing Destiny. Maybe there'll be more clues in a detailed understanding of his background. So detectives set about finding out much more about him. At the time of the murder, he made his money selling drugs, cocaine and MDMA around his area of South London. But his past, although he was only 22, was much more complex. They quickly discovered that he'd experienced a very troubled childhood, spending his life in care homes and on the streets in gangs. This had led to him getting into trouble with the police at a very early age. He was just 12 when he was first convicted of robbery. By the time he was 16, he was regularly carrying a knife, and in an argument in South London, he stabbed a man in the chest, leaving him for dead in an alleyway. This attack in 2005, for which he was sent to a young offenders institution for two years, wasn't just a random attack. It was a man called Gary Mitchell, with whom he just enjoyed a sexual encounter in a quiet street in Lewisham. Gary Mitchell knew that he was lucky to escape with his life. File had first slashed his face before plunging the knife into his body with real intent. The knife had entered his body just one centimetre away from his heart. He was very lucky. He told detectives what had happened, saying, We had a bit of a scuffle. From what he'd been before, which was a very nice person, all of a sudden, he turned from the character he had been. He punched me and said, If you come any closer, I'll kill you. 
file explained to investigators that he'd pleaded guilty in court of attempting to cause GBH to Gary to avoid any trial as, and I quote, because I didn't want none of my brethren to know I had a sexual encounter. But Files said that the reality was the knife attack had actually been self-defence. He began to talk more about his sexuality, saying that he'd been sexually assaulted by a man as a young boy, and this had led to him to be confused about his sexuality growing up, including around the time of his sexual encounter with Gary Mitchell. But he said that since that time, he'd come to terms with his bisexuality. He said, I knew I liked girls. I always liked girls. I was just confused about my sexual feelings. I was feeling about men. When asked why if he was content with his sexuality, he never told his girlfriends or friends about his attraction to men. Far replied, no, it's my sexuality. They wouldn't approve. As I said, it's none of their business. He told that he'd previously sought the services of transsexual sex workers and on the day that Destiny died, he travelled from St Mary Cray Station in Kent to London, Victoria before going on to Kentish Town Tube Station. He said he'd arranged to visit Destiny after finding her advert in a newspaper. He said that after knocking on her door, he'd spent 40 minutes with Destiny during which time she'd massaged him and gave him oral sex. The reason he'd been caught with her handbag, he said, was purely because he had stolen it when the opportunity came. He said, I just picked up the bag and put it down my trousers. It was impulsive. I got up and put my coat on and told her I was ready to leave. She came out of the bathroom and opened the front door for me and said, thanks for coming. And that was it. I left. He said that overall he'd been disappointed by the experience as Destiny's flat had not been as tidy as he would have expected. After leaving, he told how he had found £350 in Destiny's handbag and had used this money to have sex with two more sex workers in King's Cross before catching a taxi back to a friend's house. Leon File stood trial at Snaresbrook Crown Court, accused of the murder of 29-year-old Destiny Lauren at a home in Leighton Crescent, Kentish Town. Prosecutor Duncan Penny opened by saying, The Crown's case is it was this defendant, Leon File, who telephoned Destiny Lauren on the evening of November the 4th, 2009, that it was he who travelled across London to visit her, that it was he who went to her premises for the purposes of a sexual encounter, and that it was he who killed her there by compressing her neck, most probably strangulation. During his trial, he continued to deny the killing, saying that Destiny was still alive when he left her flat after paying her £150 for sex. But the Crown Court jury didn't believe him and convicted File of murder following a two-week trial. The judge jailed File for life and ordered him to serve at least 21 years before he could apply for parole. He said, What is the stark truth is that you murdered Destiny Lauren by forcibly applying pressure around her neck using both your hands in a sufficient time to strangle her dead. It was a vicious and a callous act. The court has heard how loved she was by all her family and the terrible effect the murder had upon them. As she lay dead or dying in the bedroom, you searched her flat for items worth stealing.
The judge also commented on the CCTV picture shown in court, which showed just how calm Fire was after he'd killed Destiny, saying, There's never been a hint of remorse for what you did. Speaking after the sentence, the leading policewoman said, Destiny had a troubled history and had suffered depression following the death of her mum, but she was trying to turn her life around. She was well known to many people in the Camden area and regarded as a character by those who knew her. She was close to her father and two brothers who she contacted regularly and she had a love for the finer things in life. Her life was ended abruptly when she met Leon File. File has not shown one shred of remorse for this callous act nor for the suffering he's inflicted on Destiny's family and friends. I hope his conviction can go some way to ease their pain. And outside court, friends said that Destiny was well-known and popular around London's gay and transgender scene. One friend, Jason, who went on holiday to Texas with her, said, There isn't a lot of room in my heart for many people, but there was for her. She was likeable. She wasn't bitchy. She was just natural just herself. In December 2011, in response to this case, Justice Secretary Kenneth Clark increased the life sentences faced by those murderers motivated by hostility towards disabled or transgender victims, so they would face a starting point of 30 years in jail. This brought the sentences for those people motivated by hate towards disabled or transgender victims in line with those motivated by race, religion or sexual orientation. Equalities Minister Lynn Featherston said there was no excuse for any sort of hate crime and at the same time she announced the first national strategy to promote transgender equality, adding too many transgender people still face prejudice at every stage of their lives. Whilst File was on remand at Belmarsh Prison, he hit the headlines again. This time his name was connected with an equally odious character, David Norris, remember him? One of the men who killed Stephen Lawrence in an unprovoked racist attack in Eltham, South East London. Norris claimed that File, who was from near where Stephen was murdered, had attacked him. He claimed that prison officers failed to ensure that an officer was stationed near his cell during association and failed to intervene in the attack which took place in February 2011. Norris suffered a broken nose, four cuts on his face needing 18 stitches, two black eyes, broken ribs and anxiety, resulting in him taking antidepressants and psychiatric treatment. Norris is, I think we can all agree, a man it's hard to feel any sympathy for at all. And it appears, nor did the Ministry of Justice, who were very unimpressed when he sued for £10,000 due to the lack of protection he said that he'd received or not. He reckoned he was left vulnerable when he was moved to a section of the jail with a, I quote, large number of black inmates who had shown a propensity towards violence. In fact, the Ministry of Justice fought the claim, arguing that Norris was at fault for using intemperate words and behaviour towards the alleged assailants and having a manner which was wrongly confrontational and risky. He provoked the attack and failed to take reasonable care for his own safety, said the Ministry of Justice. The prisoners were never charged with the assaults and the Ministry of Justice said he must prove the attack took place and the identity of his assailants. Many years later, in 2018, 
Norris accepted a £10,000 payout for the attack. So what do you make of what we've heard today? Destiny Lauren was just 29 years old and like many others in their 20s was working hard, often in a job that wasn't the dream at 15, to help build a better future, one that she really wanted. Then along came one customer on just another November evening and that future was all just snatched away, leaving behind broken dreams and grieving family and friends. And why did Fyle murder her? It's still unclear to me. Some may argue it was a hate crime, maybe it was. Others that it was pure robbery. And others will tell you that if you're a sex worker, this is the danger you face every single day. And as we've heard so often on this podcast, or if you do the most basic of Google searches, you will see some of the other sex workers who have lost their lives just doing their jobs. People like you and I, just trying to get by and just earn some money to live. But whatever the reason, as you listen to this podcast, File still has his life, and some pleasure, no doubt, albeit behind bars, whereas there is none for Destiny Lauren. As a stranger, File decided to randomly take her life for just £350, some jewellery and a mobile phone. It's just not fair, is it? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. For more on this story and to discuss any other aspects of UK true crime, please just head to the Facebook group where you'll find over 70,000 of us talking all things UK true crime. And to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash UK true crime. I've released two full-length bonus episodes this month, so take a listen there, along with all the other exclusive news. Okay, so that is all for me for another week. Whatever you have planned for the next week, Until we speak again, please do take it easy. And remember, as we approach Halloween, if you're planning to go trick-and-treating, if you have a chance, take a skeleton with you. After all, they have nobody to go with. Nobody to go with. On that bombshell, I'll get my coat. Until we speak again next week, do please take it easy, despite all the others. And most of all, stay classy. Cheerio for now.